0: You're listening to a message from Stonegate Church in Midlothian, Texas. For more information about Stonegate and additional audio resources, visit stonegate-church.com. As you can tell from that little saying, I have a Baptist background. So, having a Baptist background, I don't mind you saying "Amen" a little bit there. Make me feel a little bit at home. I had my first trial run, the last service. It was good. Um, some of y'all laugh, <laughs> I laugh too, it was good, though. it was good, God was good, and it was an awesome, awesome opportunity, so thank you, Stonegate. A dedication to change is what we're talking about today, and if you think about this, and if you look at your life right now, many of us are off of this post-Christmas high like myself, just came off of Christmas, and one of the things that I've realized whenever I'm coming off of Christmas is that I start thinking about all of these different things that I want to do and that I want to change. I start on, you know, I've been on the Daniel fast before. And as we've heard earlier, Ryan Kern told us about the John the Baptist fast, which I don't think that I would do that. But we start on all of these diet regimens, these exercise programs, and we start writing down all of these different things that we're going to try to do. And then if we, if we think about it, we, we try to, some people want to have a career change. It's just something that the new year does to your mind. And it makes you start thinking about what didn't happen, what could have happened, and what should have happened. And so you start getting together and making up all of these different ways of changing your life and changing the very things that you deal with. But just like me, and I'll I'll raise my hand, I was that individual two or three months down the road, I'm back to the same old thing again. I'm eating my potato chips. (laughs) Hey, thank you. (laughs) Eating my potato chips, drinking my sodas. You know, previously I was Rocky Balboa, running at five o'clock in the morning, drinking my shakes to the big couch potato, and it happens, right? This is what happens to us, everyone, maybe not some of y'all, not here at Stonegate, but in other places that I've been. this This is one of the things that happens, is that we lose focus off of the things that we dedicated ourselves to. And it's easy to do that. It's easy to lose focus on the things that we want to change in our lives. But you know what? we do our spiritual dedication like this too, right? Spiritual dedication is the pathway to spiritual change. And I think that that's what I want to talk about today. But before I talk about this, let's take a lower view of the the text that we're talking about today, because we're talking about Romans, the book of Romans. And, And if you look at the book of Romans, From chapters 1 through 11, now I'm going to give you a a, a word here that some of you grammar, you know, some of you people that are really good in grammar, you know what I'm talking about. It's the indicatives. And the indicatives are the facts of the gospel. And if you look at Romans chapter 1 through chapter 11, it gives you all of the facts of what the gospel is. It tells you what we are in Christ because of the sins that we have committed and because of the sin of Adam, we are no longer acceptable to God because Jesus Christ came and he became the second Adam. Now we are reconciled to Christ all throughout one through 11, Paul's laying it down. But the context in Rome where the Roman Christians were, was that there was Jewish and Gentile Christians. And what happened was, is that we know when Pentecost came, the Jewish Christians began to move around and they occupied this space here. But what changed is that Emperor Claudius decided that he didn't like the Jews and they left. But once the Jews left, the Gentiles came in and took the same place that the Jews once had. Now, when Claudius died, the Jewish Christians began to come back to the very places that they once occupied. And so here we have this Jewish and Gentile connection in the church. But now these Jewish Christians are sitting in home groups with barbecue sandwiches, pork ribs. Some of y'all didn't get that. See, the Jews didn't like pork. Gentiles did. So here they are coming back into this context and things have changed. And the only thing that can reconcile this together is the gospel. It is the gospel that can only bring the differences that was established at this place. Now, as we look at this and as we unfold this, The question that we have to ask ourselves is this, how does this have anything to do with a dedication to change? Well, Paul tells us in chapter 12, he says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Now if, I had an NIV, if I, now, if I had an NIV, I would say, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, in the view of God's mercies. So there's a little bit of difference, and I'm going to kind of pull away from both of those as i describe the text. But it is our response to God's mercies And through our dedications, that changes us. And Paul has two actions that he's wanting us to take today. And those two actions are dedicate your body and dedicate your mind. That's hard, right? Dedicate your body and dedicate your mind. Look what he says in verse 1. We are to present our bodies as a living sacrifice that is holy and acceptable. Paul's saying this, Paul is saying, I urge you. This word urge means parakaleo, it literally means that I want to come alongside you. And somebody could look at this and say, Paul is telling us, and Paul is giving a militaristic command, he's, he's telling me, "I." I want you to do what I want you to do right now. But no, the language that Paul is using right here, he's basically saying, I want you to do something that I've done. I want you to feel something that I felt. It's not necessarily a command, but it is a command, but it's a command with a relationship. I beseech you, therefore, brethren." So one of the things that we know that we see Paul doing is that we see Paul speaking with love to other Christian brothers and sisters. But as we see this happening, we also know that there was other people around them that perhaps weren't Christians. But when you look at this, Paul is telling this audience that I want you to live out the gospel. Whatever that means, whatever that sounds like in your life, how can you present your body? I beseech you, therefore, brethren, present your body. But there's something that I missed here. The mercies of God. Who's seen the movie Cast Away? with Tom Hanks, a few hands. I know some of the younger hands, I might be too old for some of y'all. But I love it, it's a beautiful scene. And I'm not gonna tell you about the movie, but one of the greatest things that I like about this movie is when he goes out to sea and he's rescued by this ship, this ship picks him up, it pulls him in, and he's just like, oh my gosh, I'm so happy. He wasn't thinking about how tall they were. He wasn't thinking about what type of food that they had on the ship. All he was doing was saying, man, thank you for rescuing me. Whereas I stand here with with him right now, that was me in the midst of my own salvation, where I thought that I had it all together until God broke me down and I was able to see my own sin. that I had it all figured out until I got brought down to who God showed me who I was. Have you ever been to that place where you thought that you had it together until you got broken? Who are you today? As he's telling you to present your body, you cannot present your body if you don't know about the mercy of God. But there's so many of us that live our lives Every day we leave and we think that we have it all figured out, but we don't have it figured out if you don't understand his mercies. But there are so many broken people out here. When I see other people that have all different types of sinfulness in their lives, I look at that brother and say, man, I may not have done what you did right there, but I've done other things. And the reason why I've done everything is because I am a broken sinner. But how many times do we live our lives as Christians when we walk around and act like we have it all figured out and the people that look different from us, that sound different from us, we turn up our noses and look the other way. And God is asking us, is that presenting your body? When you treat other brothers and sisters around you differently than you wanna be treated, the question that God is asking you, Is the mercy of God in your framework? I beseech you. I'm not beseeching you because I have it all figured out. I'm beseeching you because of God's mercy. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, you want me to present my body. But see, I can look at this differently and say, Paul, All you're asking me to do is just present my body. And in a human view, we would look at this and say, oh, we're just supposed to walk up and not die. But I'm going to help you out. Paul is talking about the body and the soul. He's not just talking about the physical body. But it's easy for an individual to see this present your body as a living sacrifice what paul is asking you to do is not only do i want you to give me your body i want you to give me your will what is your will now now let me pump the brakes a little bit i could not have been a priest um I went to a butcher shop and I seen, no a slaughterhouse, let me make it even better, a slaughterhouse, man. I almost took off running out of there. I'm looking at the animals and the animals are looking at me and he's like, I don't know where I'm at. And I'm looking at him, I know where you're at. and I know what's about to happen. So we're looking at each other. I mean, I wanted to become an animal activist. And them goats and everything were just getting slain, man. And it was bloody. It was gross. It was ev- stuff was everywhere, and I didn't know what to do. But just look at um, Mary had a little lamb. And he just his fleece wasn't white as snow. Um, yeah, I had nightmares about that situation. And I'm sitting up here thinking, like, man, if I would have been a priest in the day. Man, if somebody would have brought a bull, i was like, man, another bull, man? You gonna bring me a goat? Like, man, okay, a pigeon, okay, we can do the pigeons, but that brother over there got three bulls. Man, what did you do? <laughs> I, I would have gave up, I would have turned in my car and say, man, I am no longer a priest, whatever. It was hard being a priest. Going into the holy of holies, where you could have died, I would have been like, nope, can't go back there because you ain't guaranteed to come out. But the whole point is, is that this should make us have a greater appreciation for what Jesus Christ has done. In the Old Testament, when they let a scapegoat leave, he would leave the camp with the sins But I got a greater scapegoat, and his name is Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, who came into my humanness. And he has accepted me for who I am, and he loves me not because I was good. He loves me because he's God. Present your bodies as a living sacrifice. What do you mean a living sacrifice? Okay, okay. The animals were dead when they appeased for the sin, but it only covered it. It didn't take it away. But now he's asking me to be a living sacrifice. Abraham was asked to put his only begotten son, Isaac, on the altar. Abraham was like, I was supposed to multiply nations. You're asking me to do this? And when he was about to strike the knife, God stopped it and sent a ram in the thicket. But guess what? He was a living sacrifice because of obedience. In the Bible, it says that obedience is better than sacrifice. When I'm asking you today as you sit here, the question that remains is what are you obedient to? What is the very thing that keeps you from presenting your body? I'm asking a question, what holds you captive? And when Paul said, present your bodies, another thing that comes to my mind is that there were Gnostic thinkers. And a Gnostic thinker is somebody who says that the body is evil and the soul is good. And so when a Gnostic thinker hears him saying this language about presenting your body, they would say, the body is already evil. But we are created in God's image. We are wonderfully and beautifully made by God. But a Gnostic thinker thought that my body is evil and they had this abstract ideology about what it would be like to talk and worship God. But the only thing that happened in this day and this time and in this biblical thinking that they had was that they would do what they want because of the body. But what am I saying to us today? What I'm saying is, is that it's easy for us to live our Christian lives for ourselves and not live it for God. It's easy for us to say, I would do this, I wouldn't do that, or I want to do this because of what I want to do. Present your body as a living sacrifice. You know, if you know the thing about this clause right here, present your body as a living sacrifice is that it doesn't stand alone. It needs something to go to. And if you look at if you look at the latter part of this verse, it says that it's holy and acceptable to God which is, in some of your translations, says reasonable service. In some of y'alls, it says spiritual worship. So God, you're telling me that when I present my body as a living sacrifice that is holy and acceptable, which is spiritual worship, what he's saying is that when you present your body, that's worship to God. But what do you mean by this? Worship to God means that God created me. See, once I use the instruments of my body for my own pleasure, I use my ears to sneak in and listen on people's conversations. I use my mouth to talk about people. I use my eyes to seek evil. I use my feet to walk into trouble. But God is saying, I want you to use the same instruments that I've given you and since you are a redeemed individual, I want you to hear my voice. I want you to speak praises in my name. I want you to touch people that you wouldn't normally touch but because you are a redeemed individual and you know that you are only here because of God's mercy, I need you to do things that makes you uncomfortable. Who are you today? What is your will? What is the sea that you're drowning in? Are you drowning in guilt? Present your body. Are you drowning in depression? Depression, present your body. Are you watching pornography when nobody else is around? Present your body. Are you lying on people? Are you saying things about people but to make yourself feel better? God is asking you today, present your body. And you know what that means? Even on a good sense. If you have a great job and you're the CEO of a company and you're making great money and you live in a gated community and you, well, let me stop. Um, if you're doing those things, God's asking you too. Where is your worship? Do you worship me on your job, husbands? Do you worship me when you're fathering your children? Children? Do you worship God whenever your parents are telling you to do something that you don't want to do? Not my kids, not my kids. Um, In this situation, there's no way possible that you can feel comfortable. If you're feeling comfortable today as a Christian, you have to ask yourself, what are you presenting? That's the question today. Presenting your body is basically saying, Lord, I want to surrender everything that's not like you. Went to the doctor when I was a kid. Man, I used to try to fake my sicknesses because I hated shots. The doctor was, man, nothing's wrong, I'm good. I'd be coughing like, like, you know, doing a little cough. But man, when they took my temperature, he said, man, I thought you was feeling good. How's your temperature 102? Oh, I just came from outside running. No you didn't come from outside running. What was revealed is that I had a sickness inside of me that I was trying to escape from because of the consequences that I had behind my actions. And God is telling you today, you can have a suit on, you can look real nice, real churchy, but deep down inside are you sick? Are you sick? And I'm glad sometimes that the Lord makes me feel sick of myself because if it didn't happen, I would be comfortable. Thank you, Lord, for reminding me how sinful I am. Thank you, Lord, for reminding me that I'm not all that. Thank you, Lord, for reminding me that I got a Savior who loves me and who's died for me and it has nothing to do with how good I am. I can stand here today, whoever you are, if you're living in guilt, and you're just consumed with guilt, and you say, man, I can't move on with my life, I can tell you, man, I've been there. And the only thing that the Holy Spirit is asking us to do today is to present our bodies Paul said that I die daily. So you know what we should be doing every morning? We should have a funeral procession for our own lives. I want to die to myself every single day. I wanna be conformed into the image of Christ. That's not a popular saying Can you imagine the Roman Christians at this time? I'm not going to eat at a Jew's house. I'm not going to eat at a Gentile's house. I want my own preference. I want a Burger King way of doing life. But when you are gospel-centered and you are gospel-rich-minded, You will allow the Holy Spirit to shatter your worldview on what you think life is because it's about the gospel. And you know, one of the things that we have to understand as Christians, we we have to stop putting the gospel over here in my life right here. No, God is saying, I want you to shrink the gap. I want you to live the life that I've called you to live every single day and whoever Lord that you bring into my midst, even when they make me feel uncomfortable, thank you, Jesus. Present your body as a living sacrifice. And why should you do that? Because it's spiritual worship. Paul uses all of this priestly language. He uses all of this Old Testament language to give these people an understanding of what was happening in their lives right now. What Paul is doing is saying that in chapters 1 through 11, I've given you all the doctrine. Now in chapter 12, I'm asking you to live it out. See, what you do in your closed corners vertically should come out horizontally. Some of y'all didn't get that. If you're worshiping God like you've lost your mind, the world around you would be impacted. It doesn't matter who you are, where you live, what you do. God is calling us to present our bodies. And guess what? When you present your body, everybody in the world will say, man, that city is dark, but there's a light shining in the midst of darkness in a stone gate. I don't know what it is, but God is calling us to be the lights to a dark world. So we present our bodies. But you know what else he's telling us in his text? To present our minds, to dedicate our minds. Now, the first part of this was an active imperative, which means that it's asking us to do the action. But if you notice, and even in the Greek text, it has an end. So whenever you see an end, you know that it's still connected to what happened before. So if we are to to dedicate our minds, what he's saying is, is that be not conformed to this world, but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind. But see, the verb here is a passive imperative. And what it's basically saying is, is that, yes, you will act it out, but it ain't going to be you presenting or doing anything. I'm doing it for you. You passively receive what the Holy Spirit is doing in you and through you. But guess what? Nothing is going to be transformed until you present your body. See, these two, you cannot skip presenting your body and then say, man, I'm going to present my mind. And then you can put both of them together, but they're not together. They are together, but they're not together. So... When you present your mind, it is already based on what happened in the previous text. Dedicating our minds. What does it mean to present our minds for transformation? Do not be conformed. If Paul is telling us right here to not be conformed, Paul is literally saying that if you don't present your body, the world around you will have an influence on you whether you like it or not. If you are not presenting your body, if you're not presenting your will to God, what this text is saying is that the world around you will begin to have the greatest impact on you more than you think. be conformed. This word conform literally means that you are taking the shape of something on the outside that does not show who you are on the inside. Be not conformed to this world. Be not conformed to the culture. Roman Christians, don't be conformed to living in separation. I want you to be transformed when you come together. Went to a an uh, awesome cartoon character I used to love, and I played him in, uh, in elementary. And I named him before earlier, but everybody, man, I, I mean, everybody was looking at me like daring headlights, so I have to clarify this a little bit. So I was the Brown Hornet. And somebody said, is this the Green Hornet? No, it's the Brown Hornet, man. It was, I was the Brown Hornet. The Brown Hornet was this cartoon um, African-American guy, after Fat Albert, has anybody heard of Fat Albert? Okay, thank you. Man, nobody knew about any of that earlier. <laughs> they were looking at me like, okay, i like, I don't know either. Orange Hornet, I don't know. But when I put, it, when I put this, this, this disguise mask on, everybody had Superman, Barbie, and all this, but whenever I came in a room as him, man, I was the man. And they were like, who is this? But they found out who I was because I had skinny ankles. They say, oh, that's Curtis. (laughs) That's, man, y'all laughing. (laughs) But no, I thought I was him. I mean, I was, man, like the Brown Hornet. But the next day I came back, nobody treated me with the same respect that I had previously. And I'm like, what happened to this? And I wanted to be the Brown Hornet for the rest of my life because of the applauses from other people that I was getting. But see, I was trying to be something that I wasn't. I was trying to live out my life through something else that wasn't me. But you know what God is asking us to do as we dedicate our minds to him? See, one of the things about the worship that he talked about in this text, see, one of the things that we can look at this and talk about your spiritual worship, is that we may think that this is some outward body experience. But in actuality, he says in the text, if you ever look at it, there's a reasonable worship, rational worship. What he's saying is, is that you don't have to have an out-of-body experience. You could be on your job. You could be the CEO. You could be on Chick-fil-A. Wherever you're at, that is the type of worship that I want you to be a part of. Be not conformed to this world, but be you transformed. I love the word transformed. It means metamorphosis. So what God is actually saying is that when you present your body, I'm working on your mind without you even knowing it. Think about it. If I went up to my heart and I said heart beat, 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 beat beat, and then I stop for two minutes, I'd fall out, because it's an involuntary muscle. It has nothing to do with how good I am. It beats on its own because it's involuntary. The growth that is happening to you is an involuntary response of what the Holy Spirit is doing in you and through you. So whenever you come to situations in your life that does not look like it's magnifying yourself, the Holy Spirit is saying, beat, beat, beat. I am going to be the one that is going to allow you to be able to see things that you normally wouldn't see. When you look at a tadpole, it doesn't stay the same, it changes. And God is saying, I'm doing that in you now. I'm changing you only thing that I ask you to do is to present your body. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing, not new, renewing of your mind, that you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and what is acceptable and perfect who are you today? Have you been asking yourself, what is the will of God? God, what is your will in my life? And God is saying, the will is right in front of you, but you're ignoring it because you're not allowing me to change you from the inside out. I'm bad with cars. And... My car could have something in the front that says your motor is about to blow up, and I would ignore it. For years, I would manage to have a flat tire. That's my wife. But anyway, um, I would ignore it. And then I realized that what this has right here, I can look at this and go to the car manual and see what's going on with my car and take it to the mechanic and get it fixed. But I didn't understand the beauty of having a car manual. Whoever you are today, if you're asking yourself, what is the will of God? Have you searched the scriptures? There's nothing that's gonna come out of the sky and says, ba this is the will of God. But you learn the will of God through the problems in life and as he's transforming you, You will be able to say, man, I got fear in my life. I want to give up. And he says, be anxious. When I don't know where to go and I can't touch, taste, feel, or see where I'm going, he says, faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Who are you today? As you're thinking about this new year, as you're thinking about the changes that you want to make, as you're thinking about the life that you wanna live, the Holy Spirit is asking a question for you today. Do I have your will? Do I have your heart? Or are you wanting to do your own thing? Are you saying today, I've got it figured out? I live in a gated community, I drive a nice car. Is that it? Are we masquerading? Are we playing something on the outside that does not show who we really are? God is asking us this today. If you're dealing with depression, if there's something that you did in the past and you cannot find, you can't find love, you you did something and you don't want nobody to know, God is asking you today, give it to me. Who are you today? Have you been living with guilt all of these years and you don't know what to do with it? Who are you today? Are you drowning in depression? Are you about to give up on life? Is writing something in a book for a New Year's resolution gonna make it happen? Who are you today? Are you struggling with addiction? Who are you today? Is pornography your God? God is asking you to present it to me. And when he says present it to me, he's saying that I'm gonna take care of the rest. It's nothing that you are going to do. And you know what? If you're having financial difficulties, why are you shameful? The woman with the issue of blood came pressing to Jesus, but she touched the hem of his garment. She touched his priestliness, And you are priest because he's the high priest. And he's given us the opportunity to offer, to give, to say, I don't have it figured out, but God does. I want you to leave here today as we embrace this new year And I want you to ask yourself a question. What is it that you're asking me to do? And then you got to ask yourself a question. What is it that's haunting me from my past, that's keeping me from living the life that God's called me to live? Who are you today? Where are you? Have you prayed about it? I don't care who you are. I don't care what you've gone through. I don't care what neighborhood you came from. Perhaps you're saying, but I grew up and I was abused as a child. I didn't ask to be abused. I seen a young man the other day that committed murder when I was a freshman in college and he just got out. And he says, I'm reminded of my murdering every single day. But you know why I can live right now? Is because I know Jesus loves me, and he died for me. And if this man can talk about that, and he's committed murder, who am I? Bring your sin to Jesus. Bring your faults to Jesus, and he will heal you. He will change you. He will make you new. And I don't live my life for other people around me. I live my life for him. Don't give up. You are more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. I'm not standing here today because I have it all figured out. I'm standing here today because I have a God who loves me. I'm standing here today because I've made a thousand mistakes. But I'm standing here today to say every day I wake up, there's a funeral going on in the house of Andersons. If you see me and you look at me, say, yes, that's Curtis. No, he died. He died. Will you die today for Jesus? Will you die today for our Lord? Perhaps you're sitting there and you've lost somebody close to you. God says, I can be that that's escaping and making you upset. I wanna be that. That vacuum, that hole in your heart, God is saying, I want to occupy that space so you can stop attracting things that are not supposed to be in your life. Who are you? You're attracting the wrong people you're hanging around the wrong person. You're doing things that you know you wouldn't do. That's because you can't do it. And in this text, it tells us to live in community. What does generosity look like? It only looks like what it looks like when it's in the body of Christ. Please, today, give your body, give your mind when you understand how much God loves you. I'm only here because he loves me. Don't thank God for that. Whoever you are, live for him. If there's somebody around you that you don't like, work on it. God is calling us to holiness. He's calling us to present our bodies as a living sacrifice, which is holy and acceptable. He's telling us to be not conformed to this world be transformed by the renewing of their mind that you may be able to prove. What is that good? An acceptable will of God. You can't find the will of God through people. You can find the will of God through him. He will take you. He will transform you. And he will renew you. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for being so good. Thank you for being so merciful. I love you, Lord. You have been so wonderful to us. Thank you for dying for my sins. Thank you for renewing me. Thank you for changing me. Thank you for giving us a new start. Thank you for just being God all by yourself. Thank you for taking a wretched sinner like me and saving me. I thank you for all of that. There's going to be some people in here that's going to be making some new changes in their life. They're going through new journeys. But, Lord, you got them. There are some people in here that's had some pain this last year. They suffered some loss. God showed him who you are. Somebody's looking for a job. Somebody's having financial difficulty. Whatever the case may be, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, he loves you and it's gonna be okay. Why don't we shout out to the Lord how much we love him? Tell the Lord, thank you for all you've done. Thank you, Lord, for being God all by yourself. Thank you for revealing yourself to us. And we praise you. And we thank you. And with a high sound, say hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Stonegate Church, located in Midlothian, Texas.